This is the Penalty Office Music Business 101 podcast series. I'm Neil Levine. And I'm Warren Schatz. We'll be having conversations about everything from old school music business to the current state of the business. Everything from hip-hop to pop. We'll have lots of guests and go pretty deep. So, um, so I went to one of my clients, Tom Silverman, and Tommy Boy was red hot. They were amazing hip-hop label, rap label, um, you know, and just a phenomenal company. And I said to Tom, I said, Tom, I want to create this label. I have, I have another label deal, but it was a production company, and I realized that doesn't really work for me, and I'm um, looking for a partner. So, you know, Tom thought about it and said, you know, Neil, I think you'd be a great partner, but he had me doing, you know, uh, a business plan and, you know, kind of mapping out a plan. And, you know, so I, so he gave me a bunch of homework to do. So I went home and, you know, I wasn't really stressed because Round the Globe was doing great, but I really wanted to move on. I knew that the promotion marketing company was going to be short-lived for me emotionally and I really wanted to move on. So hired a really good accountant. I went to my accountant, in, in uh, Fletcher, and um, and he put together a really good spreadsheet uh, of three years of, of expenses, earnings, etc., uh, to present to Tommy Boy. And it was well thought out. You know, it just shows if you're going to do something, do it right and get it done right and so so it really made me look good you, you want to look good you got to surround yourself with smarter people than yourself and so uh that that plan made me look really good and we ended up doing a joint venture with myself and with tommy boy uh, at that time i didn't even have a name to the company but he knew who i was because i was promoting a lot of the tommy boy records so we started this company i came up with a name uh right after that was penalty recordings and um, started building the label. And it was, it was a luxury for me because I was able to start the company with basically no staff. What was the first record? I signed this artist, Shabazz the Disciple. And, um, and the song was called Death Be the Penalty, hence the penalty uh, connection. Yeah. The once lost disciples now found... Bound together forever. As I embellish, mentally I nourish. Resuscitate a mind state that has perished. We shall inherit his blood and require back to earth. We rise out of spiritual darkness. Six thousand year curse. The lost disciples bound to the midst of the bottomless pit. Trapped behind the gates of the wicked wilderness. I hear the sounds of the trumpets blowing across the heavens. It's calm, prepare for the storm of the sevens. Shabazz the disciple, the holy exalter, condemning those who sacrificing babies on the altar. I hear the cries of innocent black babies who are aborted and unmercifully slaughtered. Loud screams like those skulls of angry slaves turning over in their graves. The white sheets are like white flags. You need to wave it to the soldier of the Lord, the warrior King David. I come to kill the crucified. A trick and lie in the eyes of the most high. The pale faced devil race caught the soy germ, crafted from original black man's sperm. Thin blooded, weak, crafted brain pump. Your powers are thrown in mind. You drunk, funky skunk. How dare you use Jesus' name to shield your filthy religion? My tongue beat a sword to slash you with precision. The justice system is his. The quarter only acquit him. And 85% of y'all are going to hell with him. The walls of hell are 
And so Shabazz was part of a group, uh, a Wu-Tang offshoot called the Grave Diggers. And so he was amazing, really, really next level. And so we, um, so I started, I started the company with that record and, and I started with no staff because I used round the globe music. So I had my marketing company and at that time I had two marketing uh, companies. I had a marketing company, Street Sounds for things when we got too busy and um and then i had around the globe music so i started it with basically no staff and then i hired one staff uh this guy martin moore and martin was my radio guy and he came out of a uh the 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 college station down at nyu and he always had great ears and i would bring him into a meeting with a potential client he always critiqued the record and he always knew better but i always felt his, his instincts are really right on so i th- always thought to myself if i ever have a record label i'm going to hire martin so i hired martin and but still the marketing company w- was doing it all and as the company started growing I would start, and I had a budget for the label. I would start picking people off from my marketing company and hiring them to the label. And so, before long, uh, all my good people were working for the record company. And I knew that was going to be my future. I just had a feeling. Um, so we were we were putting out records. So the first year was we started in 1994. The first year was like kind of. Uh, middle part of 94 and kind of feeling what's next what we're going to do we put out Shabazz the Disciple in 95 we put out Lord Finesse who was an amazing artist is an amazing artist and DJ Um, and we we started recording his records And um, and then maybe a year and a half in, uh, Martin uh, brought me um, this guy, Tragedy Gaddafi, um, who I knew because he was he was an artist signed to Tough Break A and M Records called the Intelligent Hoodlum, and um, and I was promoting his records for for the label, so I knew him. It was really different, and he came in with this group, Capone and Noriega. They didn't even have a demo, and they kind of spit, and they were really special. They were two thuggy guys at that time. They were 18, and they were they were in trouble before. They were in a detention. They were in jail, detention center. They got out of jail, but um, I thought they were special, and I signed them, I think, initially to a singles deal, you know, and then we we've flipped that to an album deal. And um, so I've kind of watched them grow up. I signed them when they were 18. What was their first 
big record? Well, they released, uh, the Dog Pound had a record called uh, New York, New York, which is which was like a, a challenge really to New York. And they put out a record, L.A., L.A. L.A., L.A., big city of dreams, but everything in L.A. ain't always what it seems. You might get fooled if you come from out of town, because we coming from Queens to get down. L.A., L.A., big city of dreams, but everything in L.A. ain't always what it seems. You might get fooled if you come from out of town, cause we coming from Queens. Jose Luis gotcha, golden guns and tons, General, Emmanuel, rock and morale, government out to get me, trying to stick me. Quickly, yeah. yo, the guard study swiftly. Indian style, knees bent, hands together. Regulate, drop a cake and like East State. Money to make first of the month, son. Chop the way, break the law, and got a score like before. Armageddon, Mary Street, smoke wedding. Invest chatting, shopping sprees and redding. My crew in the front, gotta lock my lives. in the back, got the gas, so we two to this black. Like support, one, two, the don't lubricate your doors. Black man stole the ride to avoid up north. Jeopardize my freedom, blink out when I see him. But nine out of ten just wouldn't want to be him. And, um, which was like the answer record, and that helped uh, spark the East Coast, West Coast beefs in the 90s. That, unfor- that you know, God rest them soul, but, but, but notorious B.I.G. and Tupac were both caught up in it. And so they were, they were, you know, and Mob Deep, they were on the record, and that was kind of. But I never put it out commercially at that point. I just let them put it out, and and and, and Stretch Armstrong put that record out. Um, the first, and then we, but we started recording. So right away, first single we put out was Top of New York, T O N Y, and that was a, a New York street record, really. Um, Capone was. Um, I think that's a different subject. I, I can spend, I can spend uh, an hour talking about that album, no, The War the, Report. What was, but what was the, the the what was the big record? Big record. You had two big records from that album. Uh, well, you know, no, not really, because that was a that was the War Report. The War Report was an underground platinum album that never went platinum. That but was Super so, Thug was on. But, but that was Nori. That that was because Capone went away to jail. And Nori then had to continue with the um, the flag, but I want to talk about that another show because because I think we can do a whole war report thing on on it. So we were talking about penalty. So um, five plus years into the company, uh, Tommy Boy and I parted ways, and um, the company was sold to Tommy Boy, uh, which wasn't a pleasant time in my life. Right after you talked about CNN and L.A., L.A. Yeah, so, so but, but Capone and Noriega was probably our first uh, put us on the map. But it's Nori on his solo career that really took us to the next level. You know, Nori, um, Capone went away to, to prison for, um, for gun violation since he had a prior. And so he had to go away. And so the war report and Capone and Noriega... They were they were really buzzing. The War Report was a classic. Again, not a sales classic, just an underground classic album. And what made that album a classic album was it was all drama. If you listen to that album today, it's shit is real shit. People getting shot. Capone's mother died. 
making that album. While, while we were making that album, a lot of shit went down. Capone went away to jail. We had to finish it with him away. And when you but listen to that Super, album... Super Thug was on that album. No, Super Thug came later. Oh, okay. Super Thug was not... Uh, again, we had nothing on that album that got played. Oh, okay. You know, it was just... It was a huge album in the streets, in people's cars. T-O-N-Y was a was a mix show record, never got rotation. From Iraq to Kuwait, world up, that's the station. Regulation, CNN, Channel 10, once again, walk, walk. Yo, niggas try to sit on me and make history, supposedly. I was the man that was supposed to be the head of the clique. Lip seal, no niggas snitch. Go my die, I smoke bogey, swore like Shinobi. Shoot up your block to make you know me. You ain't ready yet, slow down and recollect. Stay in the car, I'll start for law, body set Yo, Allah who act, Paul, look, Paul, now set Acondition, cooler system, yo, the tech, listen On a mission, shoot your back out position Found missing, two five deep in prison Can't listen, dying across like a Christian So fuck you, plus your weak religion In disguise, nowadays I cut ties The invincible, untouchable, CNN It's both ain't spitting and going ain't pen Channel 10, we break 10 Win again, kid, you on Pluto Homo doubt, just like Menudo Far from the sun Can't feel the shit that I do I stand in front of the judge about the lie Plus I'm high too T-O-N-Y, F-A-N-Y Multiply, kill a cop Me and you, you got big, I got big T-O-N-Y, F-A-N-Y Multiply, kill a cop Me and you, you got big, I got big I did it for the love of cash, your honor Trafficking, cross the barrels on a coke in the marijuana See my persona, glitters and gold I like the mother money getters who stack Turn quitters and fold We never even chased radio, it was all too hard That album's way too hard And I realized that, you know, albums should live where they need to live And that album was not a commercial uh, record to go on the radio And at that time, if you wanted commercial success, it was all about radio but, you know, so we never did that. Capone went away to jail, but we had this huge buzz. So it was, so went to Nori. It's like, Nori, Capone's away. We need to continue this. And so um, we restructured the deal for his next album. We knew that it was going to be successful to a point because there was such a buzz around Capone and Noriega. And Nori was like the guy leading the charge. Nori was always a superstar in so many ways. He would, you know, he would be um, out there in the clubs. I remember one time we were at Gavin convention, and and this is before uh, his solo album came out. And we're out Gavin, which was a convention back in those days. You would have these these music business the, these conventions in different cities every three or four months. And the labels would come, and artists would do showcases, and we would talk about records, and we would really com- uh, we we would communicate as a as really an industry. Because um, no matter what you were doing, you were programming radio, you were DJing the club, you were a marketing company, you were an artist, whatever. We we would all do that. We would do that, you know, at least three or four times every year. So there was a camaraderie within the business back in those days because of those bonding times. 
And I went out there with Nori, and we were recording his album. And I remember going to a bar, and Puffy was there, and everyone's there, and everyone's gravitating towards Nori. I'm like, oh, this guy's a star. Like, everyone loved Nori. And then we started doing these side artists. So it's, it's another thing. Get on other people's records, guys. Um, you know, expose yourself. And Nori was always a promoter, and he always had this, this, this weird flow, and people wanted him on, on his records. And so, you know, the War Report kind of set the table for him, but the NORE album, which was uh, his classic first album that we recorded, which, uh, you know, was the first time that the Neptunes, Pharrell Williams, was really heard, was their first hit, a monumental time uh, for them. They, we hired them to do a remix for the title track, NORE, um, and they came up with Super Thug, and that was, record was really different. And Nori played me the record. We thought, all thought it was great, but not a single contender at that point. Because at that point, it was all about radio. What's radio going to play? What's radio going to play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Louisiana, then Atlanta, Indiana. Forget a city slicker, got country grammar. And yeah, we going places where my sound scan ain't tough. So when I say I ain't Nori, yo, it ain't that rough. I need to take in my face, asking all this stuff. I gotta keep my mouth shut and don't say what, what. But yo, it's hard to. Nothing got the heart to. Yo, from New Orleans, LA, VA, the Queens, the I-95. Now we hit the Philippines, but now it's different. We gotta stay sober. Yo, communicate, Star Trek, Motorola. Keep it on the hot tubs. Don't talk too much. Dug down entertainment. You know we touch. All our whips got navigation. Why your whips is just garbation. Is you know what you're facing? So we went out with the NRE uh, track, which was a Diane Martell video, and and really hard edged. Uh, Who's track Diane masters, Martell? A director who was promoting, who was who was directing all the hot videos back in those days. It was Hype Williams, Diane Martell, uh, and Chris Robinson came along, and and so there were a number of. So she was this crazy a director that was doing big budget videos. And that was really my first big budget video. We probably spent a quarter million dollars on the first video. We had to uh, buy a, uh, a school bus. We rolled it. We had all these cameos in the video from Fat Joe and Busta Rhymes and Kermega. And the list went on and on. And and the video was just a brilliant video. And... Um, and so we, so that was really the first single. And then we, then it's time to pick the next single. We're like, what are we going to pick? What are we going to pick? So we, we, we met with you know radio people, and you know we want to pick the right single. Nori came to me and said, Neil, we got to do the Super Thug record. You know that's the record. Whenever I perform that record, 
whenever you know the record always reacts that's the record I'm like oh Nori uh, I don't know radio is telling us that that's not the record because radio is saying no Neil that's not the record it's too different we can't program it and they're picking this Chico DeBage record uh, which was more of an R&B record and Chico was kind of hot back in those days and so um, so where and you know and Nori says you just got to see this record performed so First time I really saw the record performed um, and saw the reaction was, I don't know if it's the first time, but um, they wouldn't let us do Hot 97 Summer Jam. So uh, during those days, Summer Jam was it. And Penalty was this little label. I had a few people working for us, right? So so we were getting no respect. We were a street label, never had a radio hit. We are like trying to... To um, you know, I'm trying to work the station with programming. I'm I'm working like that. That's my I have my promo hat on. Whatever I have to do, we're a mom and pop label. I'll do whatever whatever needs to be done. So couldn't get on Summer Jam, but meanwhile, um, Super Thug was buzzing in the clubs. So they ended up. So I got a call from this guy Un who had Undius. Entertainment um, un, uh, owned the label. Jacob York and him were partners, and they had Cameron. And Cameron had a had a, a breakout hit back then. Uh, he had a production ki- deal or a label deal with, with Epic Records at that time. So, uh, so Cameron was had a big record. And Un calls me up and said, we weren't Nori. And Nori and Cam had a record together. So he said, I want Nori to perform with Cam at Summer Jam. And I said, oh, that's great. You know, and so that was really a, a first big shot. And Tracy Cowardy, Car- Car- she was a program director um, and, you know, wasn't really sure about the record and, so she saw the record being performed by, I think Flex was the DJ there, and she saw the record being performed, and the crowd just lost it. The next day, she came back into the station, programmed the record, and that year was the number two most played record at Hot 97. Wow. It was one of these anthem records, and the record just took on its own life. For me... As an independent at that time was probably one of the highlights of my life because at that time we were just trying to get a little bit of respect and that record just took off. And it took off in the sense you couldn't hold it back. You know, that album, uh, the NORE album, ended up scanning over 250,000 albums just in New York. So it was it was massive, massive, massive. Now, it was still a big country and we never fully broke it all over the country. You know, it did well in L.A., it did well in most of the major markets, but New York, where we lived, was really the epicenter. And to me, that was amazing. And it was, it was one of the times that I, I realized you can't hold a, a real hit back. The record had, had that much momentum because it was an infectious groove. And again, it was the Neptune's first hit record, um, and so, so that was such an exciting period for me to have that. And we kept the Neptunes working for a while. And, um, but that record was, was just, a, uh, it was just magical. And I think it, I think it launched 
Nori's career as as a solo artist. And uh, before I move on, I just want to give Nori one more shout out that he was always this visionary. Like he, he was trying to do movies with me. He always had something next that he wanted to do, and he always had this this um, always strived for more. And that's why he's you know he has his his podcast Drink Champs, his show on Revolt. He has. He has a, a, a TV show on Hulu, Nori on the road run Eaton. He has another TV show that he's out there with. So he's he's one. I think if you for you, all you artists out there, you got to be really tenacious. You got to really work hard. You got to look for the next thing. This is the end of part two. Next time we're going to take a look at what happened to Neil after Tommy Boy, all the way to his work at Sony. <laughs>